So, what are the main security considerations for WordPress-based enterprises? Security is uh, one of the most important topics that we discuss nowadays due to the fact that it's really uh, quite complex, quite vague, there are tons of different security vectors and just bringing a site down uh, maybe a very expensive endeavor, especially the more sensitive data you're dealing with over time. And since it covers so many other different topics and you never know for sure that security is in place, uh, this makes it even more so complicated and requires a lot more attention and the implications of a security leak uh, may be pretty much disastrous for every single organization out there. So WordPress security is also one of the 15 top number, kind of top 15 obstacles that enterprise support in WordPress which is something that we've revealed in episodes, I believe, uh, 15 and 31 or 32. And for that reason, you can imagine that this is one of the most sought-after topics from people who are reaching out for the podcast. Now, in order to, to kind of discuss security, we really need to categorize it one way or another. So I have uh, classified it into a couple categories and then a couple more that I'll discuss after. Uh, first off, we can split attacks into two main divisions. Number one is automated mass attacks that uh, often target tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, or even more tens of millions of websites out there. Again, we're talking about automated attacks. You have kind of list of different sites uh, that are being uh, attacked at large. It doesn't really matter which is the site exactly, what do they have, and so on. Second one is specialized attacks focused on a smaller number of websites, which is usually a single target or just a few, a few targets. The first one is quite common, especially when we have uh, some form of a vulnerability. And that vulnerability, someone could be uh, pretty much even a teenager or a security researcher. Uh, really depends. They say, okay, there's a known vulnerability. There's a known large number of platforms and sites. So what we can do is, is just uh, kind of blast that well-known leak, that exploit, that kind of vulnerability and try to approach it and try to kind of um, penetrate as many sites as possible. Most of those are kind of easy to protect from because you can have a web application firewall or run another type of solution that, that really prevents you from zero-day vulnerabilities or some of those. Uh, you can uh, kind of prevent yourself from uh, denial of service attacks and, and things like that. But it's really tricky because sometimes like even if you have a very unknown block or a small website, you can still fall a victim of uh, those automated attacks that work at large. Well, on the other end, those specialized attacks, uh, they usually are a lot more sophisticated and usually, again, aimed for your business in particular, which is, uh, which is quite important to also recognize. So with that in mind, we can also break down those attacks into, especially the more sophisticated ones, we can break them down into two subcategories. Those are technical breaches and social engineering. Now, two studies revealed by eSecurity Planet and SC Media state that about 60% of all enterprises were victims of social engineering attacks in 2016. And also, 84% of hackers leveraged social engineering in cyber attacks. So what does social engineering means? Basically, it's leveraging uh, people and behavior and perception and trust and other factors that are uh, non-technical in order to gain access to uh, something that you own or in order to just gain access to a system or make someone open an email because they believe it's a trusted party or convince someone that their account is hacked so they really need to restore password and so forth. It's not a technical breach. They haven't 
kind of hacked into an offline or, or just a system that's unmonitored. They've managed to kind of persuade someone to take specific action and thus activate a specific script or, or just, you know, execute some form of penetration. Well, technical attacks, of course, they mean finding breaches into web servers, database servers, or networks, or, or something else, and performing an attack accordingly. Social engineering is massively effective. It's one of the key factors for actually conducting uh, different forms of web attacks. Uh, like, there are, again, different ways to, to, to breach into an application. And if you think about WordPress, WordPress is a CMS written primarily in PHP and JavaScript on top of a... Uh, Linux server with Apache or Nginx. Uh, this runs again with MySQL. Could have different other layers and services and modules. So again, like if, if we have to kind of list it down, what do we normally have on a VPS or a container? We have Linux. We have Apache or Nginx. We have PHP with ModPHP or PHP FPM. We have MySQL. A bunch of other processes. We do have the network layer. The WordPress core CMS itself, of course, with all of its, uh, you know, kind of libraries and tools and frameworks and, and stuff running there. Uh, the WordPress themes, or at least one theme that's been running on top. A number of WordPress plugins, custom and third-party. All sorts of third-party applications and services. The email server, an FTP server, and the list could really go on. So, kind of each and every one of those could have security implications for your environment, which is... Uh, why it's really so tricky to defend yourself against all of those. So in terms of enterprises deploying WordPress for security reasons, uh, most of the time you can kind of limit the number of, of attacks and the number of risks uh, through more or less simple activities. Now you can use a well-known protected uh, or kind of hosting environment, which is managed, which really bets on security, invests in security. You can uh, use a web application firewall like Sucuri or Cloudflare in order to defend yourself from different sorts of uh, weird stuff. You can, uh, of course, you have to update WordPress to latest security releases and stick to a very limited uh, number of unknown plugins and random teams installed online. So in a nutshell, most of those things are kind of common sense, but really enterprises have to decide on the right process of finding the balance between building everything else from scratch and cherry-picking plugins that have been reviewed for possible breaches. Meaning that, of course, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you can just write everything from scratch on top of WordPress because, after all, you may as well rebuild WordPress from scratch, which isn't necessarily so productive. But at the end of the day, you really also have to only work with a very small subset of reliable plugins that work well and don't trust any other random stuff that you find online. And that's what most enterprises kind of face and deal with. So the reason enterprises are most prone to security issues, first, their brands are very popular, meaning that hackers uh, have the incentive to attack them frequently or you know they can earn more money if they penetrate a competitor. It, there's a lot more money at stake, which is why, again, there, it makes a lot more sense. Also, enterprise infrastructure is usually far more complex, meaning there are other services running on the server, uh, you know, the infrastructure is more complex, a lot more tools, a lot, lot more uh, kind of features. And number three, they also employed thousands, sometimes ten, tens of thousands of developers, meaning that, again, it's a, a lot more complicated case uh, as a result. So with that in mind, uh, just being able to power a web application with uh, WordPress in terms of security isn't as easy. 
And on top of that, there are tons of different security vulnerabilities that we need to keep into account. Uh, for example, if you look up uh, OWASP, which is uh, kind of an open project for security vulnerabilities, they do, every few years, they do a security report with the most common security vulnerabilities. And for instance, the uh, 2013 list includes injections, which is uh, mostly SQL injections, then broken authentication or session management, cross-site scripting, insecure direct object references, uh, security misconfiguration, which assumingly is uh, quite common to be honest, then sensitive data exposure, which sometimes means that kind of in the context of WordPress, basically if you upload a document in, in your media folder, well, basically Google is going to index it, so that's definitely not a great idea. Number seven is missing function level access control, meaning you install a module, you expect it to be protected due to something else, but someone can reference it from elsewhere. Then cross-site request forgery using non-vulnerable components, that's actually with a higher precedence, and also unvalidated uh, redirects and, and forwards. So again, lots of different reasons for, uh, for attackers to do that, lots of different vectors, and also lots of different attacks. So that's why security is uh, that much more complicated. Uh, in terms of the injections and also cross-site scripting being uh, among the number three, uh, SC Magazine report from late uh, 2013, despite it's a few years back, reported that cross-site scripting over the past 10 years, especially for banks and other main institutions, represent about 80% of security incidents. So you can imagine how, how uh, really thoroughly executed that is because banks which are supposed to invest a lot in security and in all honesty they do they still 80% of their attacks revolve around XSS vulnerability so that's definitely something worth uh, worth remembering and something worth defending against now the default WordPress core really strips most of this data meaning that kind of a uh, white slate blank installation is not going to be prone to that but once you keep installing third-party software on top of it like a premium theme that has lots of inputs and forms and different plugins, it means that some of your input vectors may be prone to this. Uh, the WordPress core has released, uh, well, the core security team has released a special white paper, a security white paper, which uh, gives the best practices for dealing with this. So development agencies are supposed to know the best practices among uh, protecting against different security security vulnerabilities as long as APIs are are uh, concerned. So uh, last uh, among the last things I want to mention is another st study from 2016 covers some data regarding what uh, where banks are most vulnerable to cyber attacks now. And since we've worked with several banks, we've actually uh, experimented and we've done some more extensive research for this. But uh, this specific study that I'm quoting now, it's from uh, Verizon's exhaustive data breach investigation report. And we've actually used Verizon security tests for one of the banks we work with. So 48% of uh, security breaches come from web applications, 34% through the now, the now service. Card skimmers occupy about 6%, which is kind of expected. Privilege misuse about 3%. Crimeware 2% and 7% for other types of uh, grouped activities. So again, web applications represent 48% of that. So of course, deploying any sort of web application, which maybe you're reporting and uh, again, financial report, just being able to do basic online transactions or get, get your credit statements renting, uh, those are really, uh, really prone to, to different sorts of security vulnerabilities. 
and of course according to Verizon and their report two-factor authentication is still one of the best ways to defend against those sort of vulnerabilities because even in open networks or even if your password is leaked for whatever reason you still need another kind of physical device in order to uh, protect yourself against those so kind of to sum up what are the four main reasons WordPress uh, sites are vulnerable surprisingly uh, those are not really something that you'd expect that by definition WordPress is a um, you know vulnerable platform so meaning that if you simply have a well-protected system with only WordPress core this is actually going to be extremely secure so the number four reasons number one it's outdated WordPress core and its corresponding themes and plugins now of course if you run an outdated version of open source product that means that every upgrade includes security kind of patches meaning that once you keep your system outdated for a longer period of time your system is going to be vulnerable and attackers are actually going to know exactly what sort of vulnerabilities exist so if you don't update those it's really on you number two is insecure teams or plugins which are again voluntarily installed by website owners Teams and plugins are developed primarily by third-party authors, meaning that random people shipped random code online. So if you trust random people and install their code on your website, it's really up to you. Of course, some of that is probably going to be secure or simply okay, but some of that may be insecure and you can't really hold it against anyone because, again, it's mainly open-source software. Or, again, if you purchase something that costs, um, you know, $20,000, to build from scratch and if you expect to buy it for 50 bucks and get all the benefits well again you can't really expect that this is necessarily the case number three is inherently insecure hosting that actually happens some hosting vendors simply don't uh, update their stack or they run an outdated stack for whatever reasons because their users run uh, outdated software as well like uh, you know software that's no longer supported or they just don't invest a lot in security and number four of course is stuff like poor passwords, logging from open Wi-Fi networks, or other uh, human mistakes that are completely unrelated to, uh, to basically the WordPress platform. So as a result, there's almost, there are almost no grounds as to why WordPress is inherently insecure for a web application or even something like a bank's website. Again, if you expect to run uh, WordPress with a hobbyist team, with people who really don't get you know how to build a secure and robust application well of course it's on you if you rely on a self-hosted or kind of random infrastructure without doing your due diligence again it's on you but aside from that the course platform is extremely stable and the rest is pretty much programmatic execution and uh, devops and system networking so meaning your infrastructure your servers everything being up to date keeping your wordpress system up to date and building secure software uh, that goes through security code reviews and written by professional software engineers and uh, you know then you should be good to go so that's all for now as long as security is concerned uh, thanks a lot for for listening my name is mario peshev and this is wordpress for small and medium enterprises if you have any questions uh, you can look me up twitter linkedin reach out on devwp.eu or mariopeshev.com and happy to answer your follow-up questions or come up with additional topics uh, based on the types of WordPress problems that you have. So yeah, that's all for now and stay tuned for the next episode.